Welcome back to the Chaim Davies Show, and today we're continuing our Pesach exploration series as we continue diving through the actual text of the Haggadah Shal Pesach and trying to understand not only the structure but the significance of the order of paragraphs and texts that we read through on Seder night and how they facilitate our journey towards freedom. And in today's episode, we're going to be starting from the paragraph of Manishtana. Now, these are famously known as the four questions. And, you know, the youngest child traditionally will get up on the chair and they're preparing these questions for weeks now. And they stand up and they ask these four questions to the table and everybody applauds them. And then we sort of move on to the next paragraph, assuming that we're about to read answers to the four questions, because they are four questions, right? But turns out that that's not really so simple at all. If we understand these four statements as questions, then the immediate unusual nature of the Haggadah becomes apparent in that we don't actually get answers to these four things as questions. And so there's actually something much more substantive going on in this paragraph. Rather than seeing these as four questions, traditionally they're understood as four elements of one question. And let's take a look at the text itself to discover how that's the case. So the paragraph begins with the words, What makes tonight different? What differentiates tonight from all other nights? After all, On all other nights, we eat leavened bread and unleavened bread. Sometimes you're eating crackers, sometimes you're eating bread. But tonight, we're only eating matzah. On other nights, we have a salad with all sorts of different vegetables in it. But halayla hazeh maror. Tonight of all nights, we're eating bitter herbs. What's going on here? On regular nights, I don't dip my food into, into different dips. You know, we eat our foods like human beings, you know, with forks and knives and so on. Whereas tonight, we're going to dip not only once, we're going to dip twice. On all other nights, sometimes I'm in the mood of lounging back while I eat, and sometimes I sit upright. But tonight, we're all going to be leaning. So these four elements of a question are never addressed directly throughout the entire course of the Haggadah because they don't actually have satisfying answers. I mean, consider, if we would give the child an honest answer to these questions, and so when you would say to them, you know, son, my dear daughter, do you know why we're dipped twice tonight? To make you ask why we dip twice tonight. <laughs> get it? Now we got your curiosity going. I mean, they would get so frustrated with that answer. And the truth is, we don't want to tell them that answer at the Seder, because that's not the point of why we dipped, just to get them to ask. The point of dipping to get them to ask was to explain to them the significance of the Seder night. And the same is true with all these differences. So the most accurate understanding of what the Manishtana paragraph is about is not that there are four questions that we're answering on Seder night. There's one question. What makes tonight different? What makes Seder night so special? Such that all of these strange, unusual things are taking place. We're eating crackers, we're dipping things, we're all leaning. What's going on here tonight? Abba, Ima, tell me what's going on. That's the question of the Manishtana. And that is the question that we proceed to answer in the following paragraph. And so we respond to the question of our children. And we say, you know what's different about tonight? We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. And God took us out from that land with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. We were taken in, embraced by God's loving presence, 
from slavery to freedom in a matter of a course of a year, which is an astounding amount of change. I mean, if you would have asked the Egyptian people just a year before the redemption, do you think there's any chance that these nomadic tribe, these slaves, the Hebrews, in a year from now are going to be marching triumphantly out of the land of, of Egypt towards their promised land, the, the land that they've been dreaming of for centuries? I mean, they would have laughed at you. It would be the most ridiculous joke. Egypt was the greatest empire in the Middle East. I mean, they ruled an incredibly large region of land. It wasn't just the Egypt that we know today. And the people of Israel, I mean, they were nobodies. They were crushed. They were subservient. They owned nothing. They had nothing. All they had was their dreams. And to tell them that in a year from now, you'll be marching with your heads held high out of the land of Egypt to a land of your own, a free choosing people in loving covenant with God, that would have been the most remarkable thing to imagine. But we continue and we tell our children something absolutely profound. And indeed, we tell this to ourselves. And we say, If the Holy One, blessed be He, had not taken us out of Mitzrayim, at that time, then we and our children and our children's children would still be slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. And the question that immediately arises when we say those words is, is that really true? I mean, a lot has happened in the past 3,300 years from the time the Jewish people left Egypt. Is it really accurate to say that we would still be slaves under Pharaoh in Egypt? We'd still, what, be building temples to, to the sun god and doing all sorts of, you know, slave behavior? Is that really accurate? I mean, isn't there a good chance that we probably would have been emancipated at some point? The Egyptian empire would have crumbled on its own and, you know, the shifts of time would have allowed us to find our own place. Is it really true that we'd still be slaves? And I think that the point of this line in the Haggadah is, is absolutely essential understanding the process of freedom. Because the truth is, we have this massive misconception because we take freedom for granted. We live in the 21st century. We live in an era where humanity has developed so far and in such great strides. And that is in no small part due to the efforts and the miraculous developments of the nation of Israel 3,300 years ago. You know, things today that are so commonplace, right, that everybody has, the technology and the incredible innovations that we have in our home, I mean, would have been seen as miraculous, marvelous technologies just a few short decades ago. And there's no greater achievement than freedom itself. And so says the Haggadah, it's true. Had you not been taken out of Egypt by, by the Holy One, blessed be he, so many years ago, yeah, you might have found some other way to, you know, to shift what society you were living in. But would you have become free-choosing people in a relationship with God? Absolutely not. And that's because freedom is something that needs to be earned. Freedom is something that's fought for. Freedom is something which is the culmination of those dreams. And if not for the fact that God had swooped in to take our people out, we would have still been slaves, whether in our mentality or whether in our actions, until this very point in time. And that, my friends, is something not to take for granted. We'll wrap it up there for today and continue with the implications of this idea in next episode. But until then, I'm Chaim Davies, and this is The Chaim Davies Show.